0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of find your way with your host q chan and today's episode is very beautiful because it's going to touch the heart of educators parents and everyone who cares about the development of young minds so what is the role of caregivers in fostering a positive learning environment so let's go Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode. I am super excited. Again, I've been looking at the numbers, and we're super close to the 700 mark. Yay! Seriously, I am very, very touched with all the support. I've been getting a lot of messages that, you know, to be honest, I never really thought I was going to get that many messages. Some of you have spoken about going back into some topics such as like consistency cognition uh bilingual bilingual training and and so forth so i might be thinking about it for season 3 if there is a se- season 3 because i have uh i've been thinking about doing a phd in either education or psychology or something related to cognition learning and, and all of that so if i do start that phd i think it's going to be quite difficult for me to, you know, handle everything that I'm doing, you know, having my private lessons and having my full time job and like have a PhD, maintaining a podcast is going to be a little bit difficult, though. I mean, I could definitely use the podcast and do make topics related to what I'm learning during If I'm doing my PhD, right? Hey, that's not a bad idea. It was something to think about. Anyway, so on today's episode, the reason I'm changing a little bit is because we said that season two is all about connection. So last two episodes, we talked about self-awareness, and I think it's it's a very deep and powerful skill to develop, and of course, I think I'm going to try to bring it back because we can't really just say... Uh, we talked about self-awareness twice, and then we're done. No, this is something that we need to do on a on a constant basis, and on a, on our daily lives, we need to practice uh, self awareness. You know, and um, try to understand where are we coming from. So that would be really, really beautiful. Uh, before we delve into this uh, topic of the power of caregivers in cultivating a positive learning environment. You know, something interesting happened, you know, uh, before going back home this year and throughout, I would say, most of my adult life, I've been having this rush of not feeling fulfilled or uh, not enough, not enough, not enough, and always trying to find something that I can do to fill in that void, Right. So it's either studying, getting a new certificate, uh, trying something new, for example, this podcast or uh, trying a new hobby and trying to master that that I'm doing. But then I realized, you know, I'm kind of like a jack of all trades, but <laughs> master of nothing. Like uh, I was talking with one of my, my fellow teachers and he's like the PE teacher and we got a new student who lived in canada for for a while so his english is uh really good and he is he adapts very quickly to all sports right so he was just talking about him and just like oh it's so nice to have someone like him someone who is uh good in sports and all of that because i'm not good at sports he was saying and i said like well that really depends right like there's people who are born with those natural traits and uh, i was talking about me like for example i'm not uh, i haven't played basketball ever but then i started playing basketball at our new campus and all of a sudden i'm really good at, at shooting balls you know same thing with badminton same thing with uh, tennis you know i i it it is within my natural traits that i'm really good at sports so it's not that difficult for me to adapt so this new student is like that So understanding one's um, beautiful traits, for example, this PE teacher, he has uh, a eidetic memory. So it's really easy for him to just read one page and remembers what he read, uh, which is quite annoying to be honest. I wish I had that, especially when it comes to the Japanese language. Like He can see uh, some kanji and he already remembers them. You know, he remembers how to read them. He remembers how to use them. And even if he doesn't know the word, he kind of remembers the meaning of the kanji just by looking at it once. One time. Isn't that amazing? Um, anyway, so, yeah, I just wanted to share those news. I'm really excited. I haven't I haven't chosen uh, a particular university, but I'm kind of leaning into finding something online and from Texas. Because like like I said before like this this year that I went back to Texas it was absolutely beautiful and and the thing is like I want to find excuses to go back I want to find excuses to meet my extended family you know like uh, I, I think uh, two days ago I received uh, a message from from well I, I mentioned them before uh, from Linda. And it was really nice. It's just really nice uh, the message that she brought to me, and just like ah, the the Q family that misses you here, and I miss it. I miss them a lot. I miss them a lot. So one well, one more time, shout out to all of you, uh, the Q family over there in Houston, Texas, um, and. Yeah, seriously, I miss you, and hopefully, I can see you again next year. Okay, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. So, our journey is going to begin with acknowledging, okay? This is very, very important because, as a homeroom, as teachers, as someone who deals with uh, a lot of children, you know, sometimes we tend to judge parents uh, based on what their kids do, right? So, let's begin our journey by acknowledging the critical role caregivers play in shaping a child's educational journey so this time that's i don't want to focus just on parents i want to focus on caregivers you know can care, caregivers is anybody that is taking care of a child right if it's yours or not yours your stepdad your stepmom you maybe you're a grandma and you're taking care of uh of kids and all that you're a caregiver you know teachers were also caregivers for you know uh brief amount of time. So, recent research has shown that the support, guidance, and positive environment provided by caregivers significantly impact a child's academic success and overall well-being. So, uh, Dr. Tina Payne uh, Bryson, or Bryson, Bryson, in her book, The Whole Brain Child, emphasizes how caregivers can create an optimal setting for learning by promoting emotional regulation and resilience. So it's very interesting. Yesterday, or two days ago, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I was uh, talking with someone about how some children are very calm, how other ch- how other children are very, you know, active, and then sometimes um, I I, w- I've, I went out with a friend, and usually when I meet his child, he tends to be very shy, very calm, and uh, you know, just incredibly shy. So she, he just wouldn't. Talk to me. He was just, like, shut down, right? But yesterday, like, yeah, he opened up, and he was so funny. He was so friendly, laughing all the time, looking at me all the time, making jokes and all. So it was a beautiful, beautiful... Moment, at least for me, because I've seen this boy several times and it's the first time that he opens his heart. So it was very special for me. So I appreciate that. And Nino, thank you so much for that. And of course, Kida Chikun, thank you so much for that as well. So it was really nice to uh, meet them. And I've seen so many different kids, right? Some kids who use like bad words, some kids that are violent, some kids that are like angels. But little devils at home and vice versa, you know, they're super angels at home. But like little devils in in like at, at school and all that. And uh, I was talking with someone a couple of days ago and, you know, we we saw I mean, we've seen like um What is it? Like a connection between the kids who tend to be like very calm whenever they encounter a problem and kids who can't really regulate their emotions. So I have this amazing friend in Mexico. I mean, she got transferred. So now she's in Dallas, Texas. So this is for you. Uh, She's a guy if you're listening to this. Uh, I remember once and it and, and really touched me. I don't remember when we spoke about this, but we've met in New York, we've met in Japan, we've met in in Mexico. So now this time we we just uh we gotta meet in, in in Dallas. Hey, hey, Shizuka, if you're listening, we gotta meet in Dallas. Um so she was talking to me and she was saying that whenever her parents were getting you know, were scolding her or uh maybe Shizuka did something that is not okay. Uh instead of like the parents getting like shouting or getting angry or maybe using violence like um like hitting her or uh orshiip uh, I forgot the word <laughs> uh, like smacking your butt and all that, uh instead, Shizuka, what she said to me was that her parents were very calm whenever they were talking about a certain issue. You know, and this is great because I experienced the complete opposite. Like, my mom went ballistic, you know. This is something very normal from uh, Latina moms. Uh, they, go, they go they go crazy, right? Like, ah, they keep on shouting and all that. Same with my dad. We talked about it. Like, whenever he's driving in Mexico, he gets, like, very grumpy and very angry. But all along, he's, like, um, he's a very uh, nice guy. Just when he's driving, he gets uh, <laughs> a little bit... Uh, a little bit scary, a little bit scary, to be honest. Um, a little bit too much, a little bit too much, right? But there's like a correlation between a children whose caregivers tend to resolve things in a calm manner. And there's there's also like a, um, a thing between children who don't know how to regulate their own emotions because that's what they see at home. Uh, and maybe it's not that the caregivers are you know getting into violent encounters is just that maybe the way that they're ha- they they handle their issues it's a bit more intense than a calm way that, that's the thing like we need to find that balance in how we react in front of our our kids uh, rather than just letting it all out but of course we're humans right I'm not saying again if you're the the intense type that you're doing things wrong and if and, and I'm not saying that you're correct if you're doing the, the calm the calm way either the thing is it's nice to have like all of this but it is very important as well to set a positive environment even if you're the intense type it is important that inside your household you have a place. Or we have a place, I'm sorry, like I've been talking about, like, let's include everyone. Like, we have a place where the child can feel safe, uh, listened to, uh, pampered, welcomed, hugged, warm, and all that. It is very important for the child to have a space like that if you're the intense type of, you know, caregiver. So, uh, I do recommend... There's a a lot of, like, this book from Dr. Tina's uh, Pain, but there's also... Um, 12 Revolutionary Strategies to Nurture Your Child's Developing Mind coming from, from her. So that's like the book, The Whole Brain Child. I do recommend you getting... If, if you can, I mean, if you Google it, I'm sure you're going to be able to find it. So one more time, that's like the 12 revol, uh, Revolutionary Strategies to Nurture Your Child's Developing Mind. So I will try to do the following, following... Uh, episode, so that would be episode 11 on these strategies so don't worry about it but i do recommend you read it as well so you can compare what i'm saying and um you know what what i'm saying in what it's written on the book so let's have like some examples i i have two and one would be classroom challenging so let's try to imagine uh and, and if you're a teacher you're going to be able to uh this is going to resonate with you. But let's imagine that we have a child who struggles with math concepts. You know, uh, I think as a teacher, we've all, the upper the grade, the more challenges that the child is going to um, encounter. But okay, let's imagine a, a child who struggles with math concepts. So here, not only the teacher, but caregivers can play a crucial role by providing consistent encouragement And support. So, what we might be able to create is kind of like a routine for practicing math together, focusing on the child's progress rather than solely on correct answers. So, this is another thing that I've been telling caregivers all the time. It's like a lot of caregivers just focus on this is English, but like the correct spelling rather than the child's progress. So, there was like one. Uh, kid that I had in well so many so many throughout my 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 decade my decade um, as a teacher but I've encountered so many different children who struggle with writing they're scared of writing because they don't know the proper spelling and all of that so one of my uh, key things that I tell all kids is don't worry about that we're not focusing on spelling this is not spelling class. This is writing class, so just go for it. And the more that they do, the more they can break that barrier that they have in their hearts and then just go. They just go, go, go. And, like, just recently I have this student who, even during playtime uh, the student is saying, I just want to write. I just want to write. I just want to write. And it was like, no, no, no. Thank you. We do not want to overdo it. Right. We want to keep that motivation as high as we want, as high as, uh, we have right now, but uh, enjoy your free, uh, your free play time. Right. So by doing this, like, uh, focusing on the progress by doing this, caregivers can help shift the, Child's perspective, from seeing math as a daunting challenge to viewing it as a journey of improvement. Like if you remember, there was a, an example that I mentioned in the self-awareness uh, episode. I think it was last or maybe the first one. But from Mary, that Mary was um, setting goals, but not but realistic goals, right? And she was trying just to achieve ten percent more than she was doing in previous. Um, test, and she was able to to achieve it, so the thing is, it wasn't daunting, you know, it was something that, that is doable, I mean, every week, we can do the same, as a runner, like I was saying, as a runner, if you start running once a week, for a month, I'm sure, one day, let's say, like, you're running once a week, five kilometers, but then I'm sure, I'm sure that in a month, you can add an extra day, and maybe not, not run 5k, but just run two, just just run run or that same day that you're running five, run an extra 200 meters, 400 meters. You can do it. That's for sure. That's how we start and that's how we focus just on the progress rather than the the correct way. Example number two would be overcoming peer pressure. So this is a hard one. So peer pressure is a common challenge that children face. Uh, yes, teachers can control some part of it, but we can't control all of it, right? So, both at school and in their social club circles, community, communities, uh, caregivers can empower their children, or we can empower our children to make confident decisions. So, for example, uh, let's say that one of our chi- uh, child is struggling with peer pressure and to engage in un and people to engage in unhealthy behaviors. So caregivers can engage in open conversations about choices and consequences. So this dialogue not only helps the child navigate challenges but also fosters trust, openness between the caregiver and the child. So I mentioned this in season one, but this there's something that I always said to my classes and, and it's the following. you will find you will get angry at each other but we will overcome this because it is going to happen there is no such world of happy every day because we might get sick um we might experience some illness something did something that someone did something that hurt us uh our expectations aren't met um we can do what we want because we have to go and listen to our boss or listen to our teacher. We, I want to do this, but I have to do that and all of that. That will happen. But if we can have these conversations beforehand and we can teach our children to self-regulate or regulate their emotions in a way that they can understand the consequences of their choices, then... It's going to be great. Of course, there's no perfect setting, but it's definitely going to decrease the amount of issues you're going to encounter. Okay, let's do, oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, let's do segment number two on this, and is like the, the benefits of uh, positive communication. So positive communication, I mean, this one goes without saying, right? Uh, positive communication is going to make you feel happy. We talked about it during our uh, self-awareness podcast, and we said we all want to be praised. We all want to feel loved and accepted and uh, to be told that we're good, that we're doing the right thing, that our way of doing things is, is nice and beautiful and fitting for children. We all want to listen to that, right? But the thing is, that's not the way that it works. However... If we can manage and try and do that. So here are some of the benefits that we can encounter. So positive communication, both in the classroom and at home, forms, forms. And and I know this is hard, okay? I know this is hard, y'all. But it's something that we can try and make it a challenge, you know? Make it a challenge. How many times do we say positive things in a day, you know? Uh, If you have a special someone, like I said before, just randomly, randomly open your phone, open your WhatsApp, open your line or whatever thing that you use for messaging and just find someone random and say, I hope you have a great day, like something beautiful. But positive communication forms the bedrock of a nurturing learning environment. And it's not only a recent research, but there's a the the research that I'm going to i'm going to talk about is quite recent but there's just a bunch of research that talks uh, of the benefits of positive communication okay so a research in 2022 published in the journal of educational psychology revealed that positive communication between caregivers and teachers enhances student engagement motivation and cognitive development so if and this being said, I think like all schools have to say something like this. If you have a good co- connection between uh, you and if, there, if there's a good connection between you and the caregiver, you as in the teacher, uh, professor or whatever that you're doing as a teacher and and, and the caregiver, it just, it's just going to be it's, it's double. It's double the amount of student engagement and motivation and, and just development that the child is going to experience because the parent the caregiver trusts trusts the the teacher the teacher trusts the the caregiver as well and then the child feels that whenever they are in the classroom they're safe whenever they're at home they're safe because caregivers and teachers are on the same page okay so um This research is called Parent-Teacher Communication and its Influence on uh, Student Motivation. You can find it on the Journal of Educational Psychology. And uh, I do recommend that you read it. This is by Johnson and Clark. Um, So, yeah, definitely, definitely have a look. So, I'm going to talk. I have four examples. This episode is going a little bit long, but I think it's okay. And I think we're learning a lot. But example number one is classroom engagement. So in a classroom, positive communication can significantly boost student engagement, right? This is this goes without saying. So teachers who create a welcoming atmosphere and express genuine interest in their students' thoughts and opinions tend to see higher partici- participation rates. That goes without saying. Like if you're going to a classroom where everything is teacher-led, well, it's less likely the students are going to want to share their own opinion. However, if the teacher engages with the student and uses things that they love in the classroom, of course, students are going to be happy, just happy to just drop whatever they want they they want to say. So, for instance, a teacher might initiate discussions by asking open-ended questions that encourage students to share their point of view, fostering a sense of belonging, empowerment and this is something that i that i said like um as a lower primary teacher or also as an elc teacher in in the past um don't over like underestimate your students don't don't underestimate your your child just because they're maybe three four five six or seven they know a lot of stuff and not only that they can make things very very interesting as long as you keep an open mind and like what we we're talking about before not focusing on the correct answers but focusing on progress the thing is if they make, if they make, if they make mistakes Please remember that this is the time for them to make mistakes. Like if they're not making mistakes right now and they don't know how to regulate their emotions with mistakes now, when they become an adult, they're going to experience the same thing as you and I did, (laughs) which is not really good, right? And then that's why we need therapy and all these things. So let's encourage our our students, let's encourage our children to uh, foster that sense of belonging and empowerment. Um, I have three more examples, but I might skip two and just do one. Let's do two. Let's do two. Okay. So family learning activities. It goes without saying that you know education starts at home. Whatever they bring to the to school, it comes from home. And yes, caregivers, if your child is saying some nasty words for example or doing some things that are not okay that's because they most likely they learned that from home and they're bringing that behavior uh to school or the, the other possibility of course of course of course i'm not saying that's 100 percent, but of course they learned it at school and they're bringing it home so there's either or so effective uh at home caregivers can leverage positive communication to make learning enjoyable So imagine a family science experiment. Instead of just demonstrating the experiment, caregivers can involve their children in the planning and execution process. By encouraging curiosity and exploration, caregivers not only enrich their child's learning experience, but also strengthen the bond between family members. So the thing is, like, when you're at home, who gets to decide everything? We do you know caregivers do how when was the last time that you had like a you know family discussion about how to do things so, you know when this science experiment it doesn't literally mean science experiments it's an experiment like doing something with the entire family and bringing in everyone's point of view and opinions okay Let's go for the last one because I think it's very important and maybe next episode I can talk about the one that we're missing but one is effective feedback and we've been talking a lot about feedback but this last one is conflict resolution we talked about conflict resolution as well but in a different matter so conflict is part of life and like I said before I say this to all of my students because conflict is going to happen it doesn't matter how much you you love your partner you're going to you're going to fight with her. You're going to have discussions with her. It uh, doesn't matter how much you love your your children. You're going to fight with them. You're not going to go. You're not going to think the same way. They come from a different generation. We're a little bit older, and so forth. But um, uh, nonetheless, conflict is part of life, right? We can't avoid it. But how we address it—this is the thing. How we address it makes a massive difference, right? So caregivers and teachers can model positive communication by demonstrating healthy conflict resolution strategies so for example if a child is having an issue with a peer a caregiver might guide them through a conversation that focuses on understanding each other's feelings and finding common ground so this is something that we do now in schools so like what we do at schools now is we grab both parties that we're in a discussion or in in a fight, we go to a private place and we talk about it. We give, you know, the voice to one, then that person finishes without getting interrupted, and then we pass it on to the other person, and then we try to find common ground. You know, it is very important that we let the students know, our children know, that it is going to happen, and it is not going' it's not that it's not gonna happen ever you know once it happens, it's never gonna happen again, no, it will happen all your entire life it will happen, okay, so this is uh very important that we let our our children know because they deserve the chance to make mistakes and all anyway, thank you, thank you so much uh dear and beautiful listeners with another insightful episode. And find your way with your host, Q-Chan. I am really, really happy. Uh, Next episode, we're going to talk about segment three and four. And maybe, yeah, I will talk about like this last example that we we missed. Uh, I'm super excited. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a fantastic day. See you next time. And goodbye thank you so much for another beautiful episode so on next episode we will continue we'll continue how caregivers and teacher teachers impact um, the beautiful development of our children so I'll see you next time stay tuned and goodbye